When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Glorious Monday to you and yours. Thanks for tuning into the program. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. Oh, we're, we're off to a good start. We're humming today, right? It's a beautiful morning. You walked outside. Everything seemed a little bit better. Probably true of a, a Sunday morning as well, right? Because Florida State went into Chapel Hill and told North Carolina, come get you some. And I mean it that way. I mean it that way. I want to I talk about that aspect of what happened in this game. Because it's different than other Florida State wins in this brief tenure under Mike Norvell. This was fully earned and it was not to be questioned. It was not an accident. There were no uh, incredibly fortuitous breaks that come around once a season. There weren't these, uh, it wasn't a, uh, you know, some crazy 100-yard kick return followed by a blocked punt, followed by a tipped pass. No, none of that. No, no, no. This was Florida State beat North Carolina's ass. In Chapel Hill, after falling behind 10 to nothing in a disastrous start to this football game, a disastrous first quarter for a team that, for the most part, has been lacking when it comes to confidence and belief to get down 10 to nothing as prohibitive underdogs, uh, and I mean of a significant variety, only to steal your resolve, bow up and physically dominate the game from that point forward, the second quarter on, is truly a sign of not only continued hard work, but belief, buy-in, and confidence that carries over after a victory against Syracuse, and that really kind of carries over from the second half of the Louisville game. It was not a mirage, but rather Florida State was getting better. They were moving to this place. Now, they have been saddled with injury for most of this season. And so even that kind of uh, affirmation, that kind of belief in oneself and in each other and in a coaching staff and the work ethic and all of the principles being taught and you know all it might not lead to victory. You know, and Norvell has talked about too that uh, you know just because you work hard doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. But certainly you give yourself the best chance to win if you continue in the face of overwhelming adversity and devastating results, 
if you continue to work hard and believe in both yourself and your teammate next to you and the coaches that you believe, clearly you believe, have your best interest in mind and the means to go about helping you, then you give yourself a chance in a game like this to come back from down 10 to nothing, to stay the course, to have some success, which leads to more success, which leads to more success, which begins to be uh, really self-fulfilling. And Florida State kind of just took control of this game and uh, along the way uh, may have very well find, found out exactly who they have to be in order to win games this year. I think they did find that out. I think we now see that. It's precarious even still, even though we bask in the glow of victory here today, as we should, even though we're all elated about a big win, and you really should take the time to let that wash over you because that was, in my mind, highly unlikely. It did not seem like something that was going to happen, and it didn't get off to the kind of start that would uh, portend of a comeback victory. But because they did win this game, because they have found uh, this formula, uh, you know, how many other teams are they going to face that might be disinterested. Today you find out De'Ara King is not going to play the rest of the year for Miami. That game now certainly pops up on the radar as another possible victory. I think when we look for other signs or, or chances to win games, obviously UMass, the next uh, you know opponent, uh, congratulations, Walt Bell gets his second win in 20-some-odd tries there at UMass. He gets a win. So, But, but that should be an automatic win. That'll get you to three. Uh, you know, you're going to need a colossal upset if you have some fanciful dream of making a bowl game because that's what the Jacksonville State game did to you, which will forever come back to haunt us. But, you know, you, you do have an opportunity if if you've got teams that don't feel like being there or don't play well on a given day and or if you fall back on this belief and confidence and you have a healthy Jordan Travis, you can beat Boston College, you could beat NC State. So there, there are games out there now that look like uh, – possibilities, opportunities, as Coach Norvell would say, and all coaches tend to say that, even in games which they're underdogs. Well, got a hell of an opportunity here. He said that about the North Carolina game. And most of us, when you're an 18-point uh, underdog, uh, we might not describe it as an opportunity. We would describe it as a, oh, I'm going to hold our breath and hope we don't get pummeled game. But no, they took that opportunity. They end up winning this game. And uh, congratulations also, uh, not just to this team, uh, but specifically, I want to congratulate Jordan Travis, who looked like for the first time, not just in fleeting moments or big plays here and there where he's elusive, it looked like for the first time in his career, now a lot of this had to do with injury, a lot of that's had to do with circumstances that are out of his control. But for whatever reason, it really hasn't happened until I think Saturday, Tom, he looked completely comfortable with every facet of what was being asked of him at the quarterback position. He ran the ball with authority, all the read option stuff. He was in total control. He threw the ball accurately when they dialed up shot plays, calmly stood in the pocket four or five different times on crossers that I saw that he's never shown the ability to do without getting happy feet. I mean, every aspect of what he – this game plan was perfectly uh, devised for him. It, it was perfectly designed for him, and he executed it almost as good as anybody can possibly execute a game plan. Yeah, the the pocket stuff, you know, the the patience to throw the football. We saw some of that in camp. And, oh, and yeah, that's but because I'm talking you, about a game, right? Uh, yeah, that's cuz you got a green jersey on mm -hmm. and it's not live and you don't have to worry about the liability that can be our offensive line actually coming back to bite you cuz nobody can touch you. The thing that was new to me and and listen, you've got to take that step from the practice field to the game field. That's a massive step 
for the game to slow down enough for you to be able to translate it from, you know, a Tuesday to a Saturday. Yeah. But the thing that I was blown away by was his patience in the read option game. It was great. We haven't had a quarterback here that's ever looked like that for one game since I've been covering the team, and that's since 2010. Yeah. You know, Jimbo would call those elements in his offense. <laughs> yeah. Christian didn't know what to do. EJ didn't know what to do. No. We thought maybe Ever Golson would be the, you know, the exception to the rule. He came here. He didn't know what to do. And so on and so forth. Until Saturday, when you saw us at the mesh point as patient as Wake Forest at times, where you're thinking, oh my God, he's going to let that develop. That's a gain of eight. Yeah. Look yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the board, even at 10 to nothing. And and that throw, that touchdown uh, in the back of the end zone, that's a slim margin. It's decent coverage. It's not, it's terrible, not terrible coverage. coverage. It's a great catch. But I thought across the board, we looked prepared for everything North Carolina was going to throw at us, whether you're talking about offensive players or defensive players. Mm -hmm. That's a sight for sore eyes. And we made them quit. They quit in the fourth quarter on that game. And we forced them to do so. That is something that has not happened around here in quite some time, especially when you're facing a conference opponent. Like last year's game against North Carolina, completely different script. We got out to a big lead. They dominated us, and they dropped the ball at the very end. And we felt like we escaped. Yeah, but who, but who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You're building. It's good for recruiting momentum. Yeah. This one, we took it from them. We took it to them, and we took it from them. A 35-7 run in this football game, and it felt like it. That was representative of what we were watching on the field. It was, and it's to the place where how many of you guys out there uh, had to pinch yourself? You know, we have been down for so long and beaten up for so long and disappointed and grown used to being disappointed for so long that sometimes it's hard to accept when something good is happening. You know, they're playing exceptional football for the better part of two and a half quarters. Florida State goes on the sustained run of winning the line of scrimmage, really dialing up those big shot plays at just the right times, they were tackling well. They're doing a lot of things, you know, that they needed to do in order to win the game. They're winning first down, or at least not losing first down at all. Really not at all. They stayed way ahead of the chains most of the day, if you go look at all those advanced numbers. Um, but even when they got well behind, I mean, how, how in the world we have a third and 18 conversion or third and 12 yep, conversion yep. or whatever it was? That was Helton. Yep. Yeah. So all this stuff is is – are signs of real growth and belief and reasons to get excited. But as it's happening, if this were two teams that I didn't care about, if maybe I had bet on and I was just watching two teams to see a result based on said wager, Florida State at the end of the third quarter, if they were a different team, not named Florida State, and North Carolina were whoever, they could have been North Carolina against anybody else, I would have said, well, this game's over. I'm going to flip over. I'm going to flip away from this game because it's over. Clearly, that team is doing to North Carolina something that they can't stop. I don't need to watch this game anymore. I've lost or won this bet, whatever it would be. I'm flipping over to this other game. But because it's us, because we've been down for so long, and because we found a way to let other teams back in the game, hell, just a week ago, found a way to let another team back in the game, I refused to trust it. I was like, well, that, uh, let's. the other shoe's going to drop any time now. We're going to drop a ball. Something's going to happen. Somebody's going to do something dumb. Carolina's going to get a gift. It's going to be a bust somewhere in coverage. Something's going to – no. No, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And, in fact, if you're a North Carolina fan today, you're asking yourself, what the hell, man? What are we doing? We got better players than Florida State, and we looked outclassed, outcoached, and really, frankly, in the fourth quarter, disinterested. They, I'll let them worry about that, but that has to be a, 
you could tell. I mean, the stands were emptying for a reason, but also oh, yeah. they weren't they weren't pressing the matter at all out of desperation. It was sort of like, can we go home? I'd like to go home. It's rainy out here. It's been uh, it's been a tough day. Uh, we're not playing real well. Uh, let, let me just let me just take it on down the road. I just that was the strangest thing. The, the a lot of people pointed to it the last drive for North Carolina where they scored. I thought it happened before then. I, I didn't think that they looked like they had a sense of urgency. I think they no. had a, they had a look in their eyes as if they were whooped. No, so at the end of the first half, I texted you. You see that look in Hal's eyes? Mm-hmm. Because he had a run, I think, that got him inside the 30-yard line or something, and then it was called back for a hold. And the look that he had mm-hmm. was just this, mm-hmm. everybody's failing. I'm, they're failing me. I, you know, what is this? This is not what we prepared for. And I asked a couple of people on the post-game show, which you can catch here on Warchant TV after every game, home and away, there was one gentleman who called from the stadium. He was still hanging out there, and he was, he was on his way back. And I said, was it? Because it felt dead through the television screen, even in the beginning, even at 3 to nothing, 10 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and the sense I got from him and others was it was appropriately loud for when Carolina scored early, but it wasn't extra loud. And the way that the players and Mac Brown had talked all week was, this is a spot for revenge, for what we were not able to do last year. So you would think you'd see that extra juice from the players and from the sideline and, and feel it in the building. But even when they were winning, there was nothing really there. It, it was akin to a Wake Forest crowd more than it was to, say, the North Carolina game against Clemson last year where that, that fan base knew what that moment was. They didn't recognize it today. And it, maybe it was the blowout loss to Georgia Tech that they were like, ah, the hell with you guys. But for whatever reason, who cares? The Knowles who were up there reported back that yeah, we were louder than they were. Well, it, it sounded like it. It certainly sounded like it for much of that game. I mean, I heard the war chant loud and clear throughout the afternoon. Uh, I mean, this this is uh, it's crazy. To, to, you got to put it into context. Obviously, I know we're in the midst of a bad season and a long rebuild, and a lot of that doesn't change. But we have preached on this show for three weeks running, and you're tired of hearing me say it. I wanted to see evidence of traction. I have talked about this till I'm blue in the face. I have said in a lost season and, and a frustrating uh, and about a frustrating result, if you're going to be buckled in at all to watch the remainder of this season, then you have to look for signs and evidence that points towards a brighter future. And it's possible because that's what happens in a rebuild is there is it, it's it's implied in the name. You begin to see it built back up. Okay, we've watched other programs do this. Luckily, we've had to watch a lot of other programs do this while we remained up here. And every time I recognize it, I'd rather admire it, even if I don't like the team or the program, because it's hard damn work and it takes you to a dark place. You've got to be willing to stay the course in the midst of horrible results, in the midst of bitterly disappointing moments where kids are still learning how to win and they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to make the plays necessary to win games. They don't know how to avoid uh, the, the game-changing, disastrous plays. And and I have another one of my sayings over the years is that uh, it's one thing in the preseason to accept that something's going to look a certain way, but then you watch the actual game, wins and losses happen for a reason, and they require from you an emotion. It, it, it delivers, a rec- it happens, it elicits emotion. And so you have to kind of beat that back and say, no, no, well, I'm going to stay the course here. Let's just see. It, it gets to a point where maybe you break. Maybe you eventually say, no, nope, can't do it anymore. 
But if you're in it for the long haul and you've accepted intellectually that it's a long rebuild, then you're just looking for traction, little signs that the talking points, the mantras, the, 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 whatever the philosophies of this particular coach and his staff have, is it catching on? Are you seeing evidence of it? And we now have in back-to-back weeks, really, you got two and a half games worth now. You've got this result, this game. You've got the last game, and that first quarter was big last game against Syracuse because it was the carryover from the Louisville game that I wanted to see. So you really are beginning to see those important signs of traction. He's getting through to these guys. They've got a long way to go. They're not good enough. They do need an influx of talent, hopefully buoyed by the vast majority of the current verbal commitments for the 2022 class. Maybe that happens. Oh, you're going to lose some already. You've lost some. But you're, that's that's part and parcel to the recruiting process. That has nothing to do with nothing. I, I can deal with that. But do you keep that hardcore group of elite players that we're all keeping a close eye on? It was great to see Travis Hunter having fun there. Uh, with Was it Robinson or was it Brownlee? It was Brownlee. Brownlee. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so how great is that? That is so fun to see, and that's a real good sign. And you got a chance now to keep it rolling because, again, you should get this UMass win. Now that would be three straight wins. And, uh, you know, look, I think the second half of the schedule is, is really difficult, but I do think that there are some moments now that have popped up because you have found this identity, and certainly they're playing with a measure of belief and confidence that they didn't have before, where certain things become possible in the second half that we didn't think were possible. There may be games where physically you just get whooped. But I don't think it will be because you're – you know, confused as to how to execute and win in a game plan. I think they got their game plan moving forward, uh, and they know how to set it up. So that is, um, you know, by the way, as an aside, uh, just because I get tired of hearing it when it was at the beginning of the season, uh, is this the fourth straight game that Florida State has had fewer penalties than their opponent? I do believe it is. Uh, I know going all the way back to the weight game, they had fewer penalties. Yeah, even I mean, Carolina was, had 11 or 12. Yeah, Carolina yeah. had 12. They were terrible um, with penalties. I think we had a total of five. And three of those were in the first quarter when we did dumb stuff. So there's two the rest of the game. That's smart. That's good. And they keep doing that, by the way. There are areas that show they have cleaned things up. Yeah, and we overcame a, a first and 20 in, in that situation early. Uh, we had yeah. a hold, and then North Carolina had a delay of game uh, for calling out the signals or whatever they were doing. And uh, we faced a third and eight. This is the play of the game for me because it creates the drive of the game. We had a third and eight from North Carolina's 47-yard line, and we call a run to Corbin on third and eight. Off the right side, and he gets it. We end up getting 16 out of it. But to me, that's a really big moment for two reasons. One, it signals that we're not panicking. We're yep. going to stick with what brought Commit us here. Commit to what we are. And that looks like it's probably going to be two-down territory. As long as you don't get stuffed at the line of scrimmage, we're probably going for it on fourth down. So there was forethought, yep. Right. I loved everything about that call and Me everything too. that signaled yeah. you know, to us – not not to North Carolina, but to us about what we believe in and also that we recognize there are certain players on this roster, very few of them, that can change the game for us. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the ball in their hands in those situations. And what did it parlay itself into? North Carolina had the football for 11 of the first 12 minutes of this game to get out to that 10 to nothing lead. Yeah. A sleepy two-score lead. 11 plays, 7.5 minutes. We take 7.5 minutes off the clock, including the quarter break, which allows the defense, defense the time to, get to rest. And get back. Yeah. That paves the way for the 35-7 to run. Without that, you don't have the 35-7 to run. Huge moment. No bust in the second secondary. They also competed for balls, got their head turned around in phase when they realized the ball was in the air, made plays on the football, including an interception. Uh, I don't know. There's not another way to describe this other than 
outstanding win for Florida State. It really is a great win for a lot of reasons. It's not just a win. It's the way they won. It is a little bit of proof of concept in there as well. Uh, and what it reveals about what they think of this coaching staff, that's important. And so, you know, now we move forward. Obviously, you get the bye week, and then you've got UMass. But uh, we'll have other news to come out from this. But I don't know, man. I watch upsets in college football all the time. So do you. You flip around all over the country. You're like, well, look at that. They were 20-point underdogs, and they won. Look at that. They were 14-point underdogs on the road, and they won. We never do it. We never do it. It's been uh, – Great consternation. Me, Corey Clark, you, Ira, we've all talked about it for like, can we ever pull an upset? Right. You know, it's yeah. legal. You're allowed to do it. Other people do it. You're allowed to develop as well. And yeah, then this team's yeah. developing. You're looking at a two-and-a-half-game sample size, and it doesn't completely repair the Jacksonville State result. It doesn't. No way. But well, it you, actually makes you angrier about the Jacksonville State result because right now you'd already be at three wins with a chance to get your fourth against UMass coming up, and you'd be talking about going to a bowl. This is correct. Eh, who knows? Maybe they get crazy. Maybe they get crazy in the second half. But you you could dare to dream for a week and a half to two yeah. weeks here because this is the momentum you found yourself with heading into a bye. So you get to sit on a good feeling rather than a bitter oh, taste man. for two weeks. Yeah. I like that. Really, it's going to be three weeks. You're going to beat UMass. So, you, you, I mean. And then you dare to dream for Clemson? Eh. Let's see what Clemson does against Syracuse this weekend. Kind of an interesting mm. game. Uh, I don't like Syracuse's chances. It may be a bad matchup for him, but but. Let's just see how interested are they in playing. Everybody, I mean, and this is a big part of it. we got to talk about the whole of college football because this was, in retrospect, the park your ass Saturday we've been waiting on. Oh, my goodness. It's as if every game you flipped on, especially the early games, every game you flipped on went, oh, you thought that was good? Flip over here. It's equally as riveting. Oh, this is coming down to the final play, too. Look over here. This one's coming down to a field goal with no time. Like, oh, there's another. Oh, they're going for two. It was insane. Loved it. We'll talk about it next, what it all means, who's in trouble. I think you guys know Ed O is in real big trouble. It's Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chant tv good to be with you Oh, let's get to this. I wanted to look at those numbers again. Uh, I mentioned earlier that, obviously, uh, Edo is in real trouble. That LSU, How much of the Kentucky-LSU game did you watch? Uh, not enough. Need to do a lot <laughs> need, of work. Need to do a lot of work. Need to get a lot better. Yeah. Uh, it was 14 to nothing, followed by 35-7. to seven. So the score wasn't quite as indicative as the ass-kicking. Uh, that game could have been a uh, name-your-score. Uh, so... I'm just going to tell you, Tom, the presumption I had before the season began that Ed O was going to lose his job is uh, 
is spot on. We're good to go there. That is going to happen. It may happen next week. They play Florida this week. Yeah. The rest of their schedule, in fact, is Oh, it's not nice. Dicey. It's not it's nice. Arkansas, dicey. Alabama. Yeah, they got problems. Ole Miss. Yeah. They got issues. They've got issues. Uh, I got. I mean, man, that was a a wondrous weekend. What a fun time to watch college football. I hope that you guys had as much fun as I did. I was smiling, almost like Jordan Travis smiled throughout the game on Saturday. Did you notice that? Two things that really stood out to me besides our exceptional play. Jordan Travis was having a blast playing football. He didn't want to be anywhere else in the world in that moment than on that field with those guys kicking that ass. It was glorious. I love It's infectious. I love it when your leader is having fun and enjoying playing the game and competing like that. It rubs off on everybody, and it rubs off on us as fans, as, as viewers. I mean, I was smiling ear to ear right along with them, not just because of the great play. I was like, they're having fun. This group hasn't had a lot of fun playing football in a long time. That's true. For me, it was more because of the great play because he'll smile when we're losing too. I'm like, you wipe that smile <laughs> off your face. He'll be like laughing, and it's like third and 17 because of a missed play. I'm like, oh, that's great. Glad you're having a good time out there. Yeah, going to need but to be better, yeah. he could smile all he wants if the game's going to be that slow for him. And that's the point that Kenny Dillingham made today in his press conference was just look at the amount of snaps he has. He's really still technically kind of a freshman Yeah, because he doesn't have that much. You know, you're talking about practice reps, which we can't really get into completely, but as we all can guess, he's been wholly limited from the beginning of fall camp here at different pockets of time. And we all know that because he's been limping on the field on Saturdays. But then the actual in-game snaps he's taken, he's in the first year of his development. And if the game is slowed down for him like we saw on Saturday, it won't always look that easy. But if it's that slow to him, we got a real chance, assuming his body holds up. Yeah, that is the biggest thing is does his body hold up? Um, I, I just – I'm telling you right now, I had a blast watching college football partly because we looked – absolutely buttoned up and um, and looked like a, a, a team that had a, a cogent plan that they were willing to follow and fight through. And then the other games, I just flip, 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 flip all around. It was incredible. Texas, Oklahoma, uh, obviously what we you talk about, you know, ending with Alabama and Texas A&M, uh, but even, even Nebraska, Michigan, which I thought would be a great game, turned into a mm-hmm. great game yep. as well. Penn State, Iowa lived up to the billing. Uh, certainly hurt Penn State to lose their starting quarterback, but Iowa just plays great defense, kept pinning them down there, pinning them down there. Just so many good things about this weekend of college football. It was a blast to watch. I mean, over and over and over again, I'd go, look at this. Ole Miss, Arkansas, you know, good for Pittman going for two there. It's the right call. It's a shame it doesn't work out, but they weren't going to get a stop. Nobody was going to stop anybody in that football game. I actually... Uh, I, I had a love-hate relationship with that football game just because I do like to see some semblance of defense be played in this game. There are aspects of the game that need to be played. It's good to see that Lane got his popcorn ready eventually because <laughs> he certainly did in the week before. But, I, yeah, I think going for two there, too, what's more sustainable in overtime, Ole Miss offense or Arkansas's offense? Oh, yeah, and no, that's where yeah. you've got a chance to win it right here. You can win it right here, right now. They're on their heels. Go ahead. They're exhausted. I get it. I wish it worked out for him. I would have liked to have seen Wu Pig Suey weep on the field once more, but – that's all right. Yeah, you're right. Between that and also the baseball this weekend, which was great, I mean, this is the time of year when my second television finds its permanent home. Mm-hmm. It moves around the house from, from now, now and again, but it is firmly entrenched right next to primary television because there's just too much happening. You need to have two devices plus probably a laptop or two. Think about Mark Stoops in Kentucky right now, fresh off of beating Florida. 
they turn around and just dismantle LSU. That's a validation win. If I tell you before, and that, and you know I was high on Kentucky before the season, not this high, but I liked Kentucky, and I, I've won some money on Kentucky. But I, I mentioned before that I thought, okay, bringing in a quarterback from Penn State, bringing in a passing game coordinator coming in from the Rams, that these were all things. Kentucky has been a run-first team, play good defense, run the football. Not real big on the modern game, throwing the ball down the field. But they'll throw the ball down the field these days. So, uh, yeah, Warren Thompson's done some things at Arkansas that's in most unfortunate. Um, he, he wasn't going to do him here. He was not, but he has showed up for them. That is for sure. Uh, listen, I like KJ Jefferson. I like that. I like that team. I like they have some. They have some weapons to work with. But uh, that said, uh, Kentucky. Back to Kentucky. They they uh, they now are not only competent offensively in all aspects of the game. They'll beat most of the middling to subpar teams in the SEC. They'll beat the occasional good team like they did with Florida. This is going to be a bridge too far this weekend against Georgia and Athens. The, the, the dream dies uh, for the for the East title uh, uh, this upcoming Saturday. Narrow it out, see what happens. You never know. It might be you might get the fumbles. Georgia might get the case of the fumbles, and the next thing you know, you got to be in position to take it. I agree. It's a bridge too far. But I'm, I'm reaching in the bag of takes from like eight years ago because we haven't had to use this take in a long time, but for Kentucky, I said that term, it's a win of validation. Anybody can rise up on a week and give another team a scare, maybe even finish the job. But then after you do that, how do you respond? Do you come back and do you play another solid week of football, or are you just that team that's going to every once in a while scare somebody and beat somebody and then go away? Mm -hmm. Well, for Kentucky, that was, all right, validation. we beat your ass, and we're going to get your ass fired. That, that's what we're doing back-to-back -back weeks. What are you going to do about it? That's awesome. That's a step forward for them, and I'm happy for that dude. Mark Stoops is a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy, and he was uh, fun to cover when he was here. The biggest moment of the weekend had to be the moment that Oklahoma decided to uh, sit Spencer Rattler and go with Caleb Williams. Uh, it, it all that happened from that point forward was a 38 to 13 run. Uh, they were down 28 to seven at the time that they make the move. Uh, you know, Tom, we texted back and forth, and I know we're on different sides of the aisle this game because of your wife. Um, not that it's her fault. I mean, she, That's what that sounded like. Yeah, yeah no, not to, no, but but I, I, obviously I'm rooting for Oklahoma, and in that case, you're rooting for Texas. But when I texted you at the time, I I think we both sensed that Texas was at a crossroads in that game. Yeah. Uh, and they needed to get a stop, and they also needed to go down and score. Yeah, they needed to get to 48 before Oklahoma was even in the high 30s. Yeah. And if they did, then maybe, maybe yeah. things shut down a little bit and yeah. they calmed down. But that game had no calm whatsoever. No no, no chill. No chill to that game. Uh, but Rattler got pulled in this game and needed to. Uh, and you got a fourth and one play, breaks for a 66-yard touchdown. You have the – there's just a lot, of, a lot of dynamics in this game. It's weird to say in any given college football season that a preseason Heisman candidate, some might have even said odds on favorite, and a kid who, from what you read, seems to think that he was about to declare and go to the NFL and be drafted in the first round, could be benched at the, at the midway point of the season for a freshman <laughs> and have that be the catalyst for the offense that's been missing in, in Norman. Oh, yeah, they found it. The, Oklahoma went from not, in our minds, based on the way they've played up to this point, not a real serious contender for the college football playoff to they may have just 
likely punch their ticket to it. Well, uh, maybe, maybe. Because here's what think about the rest of the Big Twelve. I I hear you, but let me real quick. Looking at Texas defense, it's not a great defense. It's just that Oklahoma wasn't playing explosive offense this year, so uh, Oklahoma would still have to do the same old thing, which is outscore a lot of people. Oh, and then I don't think the Big Twelve they will. Yeah, but I don't know how appealing that's going to be when when you make all these arguments and you've got a team like Cincinnati waiting in the wings. No, but Cincinnati can get in and Oklahoma can get in. That's why this is fun right now. Georgia can get in and will. Yeah. I don't know that Bama's going to get in. We'll see. That's interesting. (laughs) We'll see. That's really interesting because what was, I mean, completely right to assume before the Alabama lost A&M was the SEC title game is an exhibition. Exhibition, right. It's about who has the higher seat. Not anymore. Because they're both going. You probably can't say that anymore. Maybe no. for Georgia, but not for Alabama. No. Listen, I'm not saying Oklahoma's going to the college football playoff. I'm saying they just had a moment where now they can realistically entertain the idea, given the rest of their schedule, and what they may have just found to to unlock that door uh, offensively. They have been bogged down with Spencer, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I just think that as a college football fan, to see it open up like this, there's a lot still to play for. I mean, yeah, Georgia looks like the best team in the country, we're still wondering if they're going to come across a game where their offense is going to have to be better. Their defense is the best in the country. It's not close. I got you. And what we thought would happen in that Auburn game did happen. And the question being asked going into that game was, how does Auburn score? Yeah. Well, the cocktail party is still live, though. Oh, it's a great game. Mullen can, Mullen can devise up oh, a, a game make, plan. He'll make it interesting. Yeah, 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 he'll make it interesting. I don't think that's a surefire thing for Georgia. The defense will lead the way, but that's actually a wonderful matchup between well, a doofus who can really game plan it up against a defense that, yeah, that that's enough intrigue for me to make sure that it's part of the rotation that day. Yeah, if Doofus continues to start Emory Jones, though, I do <laughs> think that's a Georgia win. Uh, we'll, we'll end up seeing. Uh, it, it, there's just a lot still going on. We're not even talking about Iowa, who got another win. Uh, so that that was huge, obviously, against Whoopity Penn State. Do. Yeah, I mean, we're not even talking about them. They're the number two team in the country uh, currently. So that's, I guess. that's how wide open this thing is. It's how crazy it is. Uh, it's it's just fun. Uh Brian Robinson entered his name into the uh, into the portal, uh, the the seldom used receiver at Florida State who came here with high hopes. Who, when you see him in person in practice, you think that guy's going to contribute at some point. I don't know if it's the injuries. I don't know what it is. It just never clicked here, and he has now put his name in the portal. Uh, Miami had a player go into the portal today. This is portal time, Tom. Time to start looking around the country to see who's available. What's going on with some of those LSU recruits, some of those Miami recruits, some of those recruits that maybe we are in on and interested in upgrading the current roster? What I'm very interested to see is how this NCAA waiver plays out. It was not reported widely last week, but the NCAA granted a waiver and a little bit of leeway for college football teams to go beyond the number 25 Mm. for incoming players just this one time because they see that COVID has really skewed a whole bunch of things. It, it's There are fewer homes Those for short players. short classes and all that. Exactly, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. There, there are fewer landing places. And it's not just because all these kids are throwing their hands up and quitting. It's that There are real ramifications to an extra year of eligibility. Yes. And so you've got to account for it in a, in a certain way. This isn't ironclad, and I'm wondering if they're going to change the language somewhat, but you now have up to seven more places beyond the 25 to bring in for the upcoming year. And for a program like ours, that's massive. Now, the way you can generate those extra seven spots is up for a little bit of debate, but it looks like the kids have to transfer after the semester is over. So, like, this particular entering of the transfer portal by Brian Robinson would not count. But just know that if we have some players that we say, hey, man, you might want to play somewhere else after the season is over, we can go beyond 25. The NCAA has said, yes, you could do that. That's huge. 
especially if we're the team that has the momentum at the end of the year in this state over a team like Miami. Who knows? Maybe over a team like Florida. They may beat us head-to-head, but players might say, I'd rather go play for Norvell than Dan Mullen. This could be huge for us. Uh, also should note that Miami, North Carolina is this weekend. Who, who's, who wants to quit more between Miami and North Carolina? There's all kinds of quitting, litter in that field. There's a, just quit. every One quit's going to touch another quit. All the quitting, tackling each other. Seldomly, by the way, based on Miami stats. Miami stats are uh, last in the country in tackling. I didn't know I was supposed to do the transfer portal noise if we have somebody enter it. <laughs> like from our own team, though, we're going to do that? All right. I mean, if you want. Well, I just said transfer portal repeatedly. Yeah, I know. People are calling for it. Yeah, so. go ahead. There it is. There it is. And on that note, it's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I noticed it, too, on Saturday night. Thank you, Kyle. I'll touch on that in just a moment, the uh, observation from Kyle. Tom, uh, I've got wicked fast internet. I think you do, too. And uh, we should tell the fine folks about that. It's the wickedest and the fastest, period. It's Xfinity. It's Xfinity. You can call 1-800-XFINITY. Visit Xfinity.com or drop into an Xfinity store today for uh, for the details on the goodness of... Uh, the varying speeds you get, like they, everything from the fastest in the world, it's an offer, I think it's called the fastest speed in the world, to, eh, I just need marginal internet speed. Just, oh. just a little bit here and there, just a little something they to got through the, the day. the gig speed Wi-Fi, too, which is really important because uh, I've got the indoor TV setup and the outdoor TV setup. The outdoor Damn TV right. does have one coax from Xfinity, so I don't have to worry about it there. But you know what? I don't have to worry about the other one either. Because I use the Chromecast, and it reaches from my office upstairs all the way down outside to the deck, and I can put on Red Zone on Sundays, or I can put on, I don't know, the ACC Network, I guess, on a Saturday, or anything in between. Mm, Begrudging. Used it for baseball this weekend. Made sure I was watching some baseball, and that's cool with the the Xfinity Stream app on my phone. Any channel I have in my house, I could put on any device in my house. So it's like having a cable box wherever you go. It's all covered, man, and it's all thanks to our friends at Xfinity. Yeah, they, um, they've just launched even more, even more speeds. The gig speed internet by 20% has increased. Did you know that? There you go. That's a good thing. 1-800-XFINITY uh, or Xfinity.com. I don't know if you watched the end of the Nebraska-Michigan game. I did, yes. I've gotten to where I really do feel bad. I really do feel bad for Scott Frost, who's now 0-10 against ranked opponents in Lincoln, by the way. Oh, and 10. And his boy, Adrian Martinez, fumbled to set up that Michigan field goal. That's not good, man. They have outplayed several teams and lost. I just, he looked like, and I'm not even kidding, he looked like he was fighting back tears. Not Adrian Martinez. Yeah, Frost, yeah. I thought he was going to cry. And I do think it's because he cares deeply about that team, and he knows they're worlds better than where they started. But they keep losing these games. It's incredible. They had Michigan State beat. They give up a punt return and a crazy play, and they lose in overtime. This game, they were better than Michigan for much of this game. And then Martinez fumbles. You're like, oh, my God. That, that's, he's gonna, this is going to test the bounds of loyalty. Oh, it, Scott Frost looked like our boy from Breaking Bad when he realized the, uh, the woman with the black hair doesn't love him, right? Mm, 
He just looked like he's, he's ready. He's just pouting right there. You could see it. The wheels are turning. It's like the moment, not the same, not the same, because one is a heartbreaking loss and the other is just a, a terrible, terrible bludgeoning. But it's the same thing as we saw to Mike Norvell on the road at Louisville last year, where you can there there is a look on the outside, but it really tells you what's going on on the inside. And it's through the subtleties you see in the facial expression, the anguish and or anger that's raging inside. There's no way that game can finish like that is what Scott Frost is thinking. But it did, and it did again. Well, they had Oklahoma beat. They had Michigan yep. State beat. Yep. They had Michigan beat. I mean, this is just silliness. Just silliness. I mean, it's got – I, I, I want to circle back to our win over uh, North Carolina. That's a good place to go to. Well, I failed to bring this quote up because I found it very, very interesting. This is what Mac Brown had to say about the loss to Florida State. I watched that presser. Okay. First of all, I'm telling you, two fingers, buddy. Mac's got some problems going on. There's some stuff. He didn't look right on the sidelines to me. That's all I'm saying. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But, Tom, those recruiting classes were real, and the stockpiling of talent was real. Same thing at Texas. They had a lot of good recruiting well, classes. Well, now listen, you know I have been the biggest detractor of Mac Brown throughout his career, and it was made easy for me when he was at Texas for a lot of reasons. But North Carolina is a different animal. To get them to win 9-10 games that quickly is legitimately a good job. He did a good job. I just didn't think for the long term this was going to be the answer because he's 105 years old. Secondly, he he looks 105 years old even if he's 50, and he's not 50. But the point would be I, he looked just like his players did, a little checked out, a little checked out. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that, but here's what he had to say after the game. <laughs> That's not what he said. But he, but Sorry, he, I thought that was the, the audio we were looking for. But he actually did kind of say that. The expectations for us to be a top 10 team were all wrong. So I guess we should all be critical of the media for picking us too high because we're not that good. So you guys all screwed this up. What are we doing, Mac? Yeah. Eugene Levy was at the presser. That's his reaction. (laughs) What, what, What are we doing, Mac? Now, that was a joke. It was a joke. But it was it, said in jest, but... It didn't land right. Well, it didn't land right, and it also... Much like their game plan. I would also tell you that, yeah, he said it tongue-in-cheek. It was born from a thought process he had that he believes to be true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't just do that to have fun with the media. He thinks that, and that's how he even got to that place to tell that joke. He knew it wouldn't land if he said it with sincerity. He knew it wouldn't land if he looked out there and, and, and had this uh, anger, uh, angry demeanor. He knew he had to say it tongue-in-cheek because he knows the blowback for saying something like that is significant. But he thinks it. He does. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to see. I checked over at a couple of maybe the message boards in the North Carolina community. <laughs> you happened to check over there, did you? Yeah, just to see how they responded uh, to it. My dad's you know. favorite pastime is checking other teams' fan bases' message boards after brutal losses. And uh, one one theme that came up <laughs> among many was, boy, he didn't seem to mind that attention at all when they were getting it and times were good. Mm. In fact, he loved the networks spending a lot of time talking about how good North Carolina is and what a job Mac Brown has done. It's amazing how he doesn't want that type of attention anymore. Mm. Indeed, I would agree. North Carolina posters. Yeah, I was, uh, I was struck by that. Um, and I don't, you know, listen, I don't hate Mac Brown. Mac Brown, he must love me then. 
Because I knew he was a fraud in the preseason. Yeah. He's, you know what? They should have listened to that guy in Tallahassee. He's unbelievable. Well, for a long time, I would tell people that Mac Brown got way too much love for the two conference titles that he won at Texas. Two. In 16 years. Um, but, that said, um, you know, I, I don't know him personally. I've met him, but I don't know. I don't know what kind of person he is. I'm sure he's adored by many. I met him in a, in a tough moment, uh, Bowden, the announcement of yeah, the term yeah, list, there. and he could not have been. He handled that with great grace. Un, oh, yeah. unbelievable grace. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but we're talking football right now and not humanity. I mean, we're just talking football. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, listen, they had the better team on Saturday and they lost. So there's that. That's all you can say. <laughs> that's that's it's brutal. Uh, no smoke, because he is not Patino. I wouldn't yeah. put that on him. No. We can't put that on him. There's no way that Mac Brown has that type of sinister in him. He's a, he's a better person than Rick Patino. Most people are, but Mac is, from what I can gather, a way better person than Rick Patino. It wouldn't be hard. Wouldn't be hard. Should I take a break and then we get like one minute little speed deeming thing here? Should I go all the way to the end? Yeah, I kind of plowed through stuff, didn't I? Just give us your best 90 seconds right here and then we're good to and go. And then we're going to go all the way to the top. Well, that said, I wanted to get that quote out there to you. And then I also wanted to say very quietly, Tom, and this is a little pat on my back uh, because it's still alive. You saw what my boys from Utah did to USC on Saturday. Yep, there it is. There, there it is. is all right. There it is. All right. I Come played on that. now. There was a small part of me, too, that had uh, the A&M over nine and a half regular season wins. I'm like, well, this is kind of odd. <laughs> you get past the Alabama game, he's already had his Jimbo special. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah, this yeah. is another one of those years where we say, well, we turn the corner, and he can keep selling it to him, and he'll get keep up to $11 million a year. Yeah. Oh, all I know is that Utah laid a drubbing on USC in the Coliseum 42 to 26 non-competitive action Tom we got uh, we got a shot still to come out alive mm -hmm. in that Utah bet that was big that was probably only to me and the five folks at Utah well you also played Georgia to win the title right yeah plus 800 there you go oh I got some things I got, got some things, things still working got some long things term working. tickets yeah long term tickets still working with Georgia certainly but that Utah one I was he was slipping we were, we were on the edge. I was holding on for dear life. I was like, you got to beat USC. And they did. Look at Arizona State's crew. Look at Herm Edwards. We're breaking. We'll come back. Hour number two.